Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I Think I Like You, the podcast. I'm your host, Claire Archwanger. And you might be wondering, where's the intro? Um, I said that in such <laughs> kind of like sneaky ways. If there's some surprise, I'm going to deliver, but it's really not that interesting. So now that I've prefaced it with how boring this is going to be, now I'm sure you're really excited to listen, but it's essentially a combination of... Um, my husband's work schedule changing up a little bit and the timing of when I want to get these out and the volume of podcasts I want to be doing. So I'm going to be dropping some shorter episodes. So this episode is going live on February 6th. That's a Tuesday. But then this Friday, I'm going to be dropping like a, it's like five, 10 minute, just quickie there. So we're still working out our operational flow, if you will. But I was like, I don't want to hold back here. And I'm really excited about these episodes. Um, I don't want to lose the consistency of our week to week here. I know you all have told me if, you know, when I've gone on breaks or when the episodes aren't as frequent, you're like, oh, I just, I love when I see a new episode, which means the world to me. Um, so that's part of it. And the other part of it, which if you are a frequent or longtime listener, you know, um, but I'm like, I need a fresh intro. Uh, the old one may surface. Sometimes I'll tell my husband, I just pushed it live. And he's like, what? So, um, the old one may surface, but I would really like a fresh one or even putting the intro back in there. So for now we're going like down and dirty, just you and me and the mic and probably some background noise from my dogs. Um, okay. A few other quick things. So the big dating nap is going to be live for purchase through February 17th. Um, just a quick note on this and why I keep bringing that up is because unlike my other online programs, my dating meditations and the conscious dater, my online dating course, uh, the big dating app is not going to be available all the time. I think I will run it again. I say this in the spring or it could be late summer, TBD. But either way, it's going to be run more as a group. And I actually, this is kind of exciting. I have a dear friend and colleague who is a therapist and specializes in dating. We kind of share the same brain in that regard. And we might partner together and I'll have her run some of the group elements. So all that is to say is if you're like, no, wait, like I really want to get my hands on it now. I'm really craving a season of stepping back, of taking a conscious dating break. Like maybe you kind of went like, you know, I don't know, head first into the new year and you're already feeling like somebody's ghosted or the apps are bullshit or I feel like shit again. And I want to go inward and just gain some clarity on my patterns and do some nourishing things for myself. Then grab that now as a reminder you not only get the whole big dating nap program, but you also get complimentary access to all four uh, dating meditations, things like the dating anxiety soother and the letting go fix. Um, you also get 25% off my online course, my other online course, the conscious dater, and you can use that coupon through to all of 2024. Uh, okay. So that goes, the bleh, hmm words that <laughs> will only be available until February 17th. Our last office hours, which is a live session with me, are going to be February 16th at 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you grab it now, you'll have access to that. You really get access to everything except the two previous office hours that I have run. 
But last week's office hours, I generally did them for an hour. We ran for two hours just because it's like the conversation was good. People had questions. Like we really dug in and I'm sort of like, if I'm there and people are there and I can help, then I'm down for it. So if you're like, oh, I would really love some like individual attention or um, some participation in group coaching, the the women have really benefited from interacting with the other women, then please join us February 16th. And once you sign up, all that information is inside the course. Um, the link to that will be in the show notes, but it's just, I think I like you.co forward slash the big dating nap. As I mentioned last week's episode, I do have one-to-one coaching spots that are opening in late February and early March. So if you are interested in that, grab a discovery call now in order to secure your space. Same thing. I think I like you.co forward slash work with me. Okay, let's get into the meat of today's episode, which was inspired by uh, my office hours that I ran um, over the weekend for the big dating nap. We were just jamming hard on that. And uh, something that came up, well, I kind of, I pulled the group and I had them share do you fall more into the camp of when you look at your dating life, when you think of your pursuit of partnership, are you more identifying with, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. I'm not putting myself out there enough, that kind of stuff. Or are you more in the camp of I'm doing all the things like I'm exhausted. Like why the fuck isn't this working? It doesn't really matter which camp you fall in. Both of these states are equally infuriating and really shake out to us feeling like we're either not doing enough or we're doing something wrong, which is kind of the same thing, right? Um, And these viewpoints are even more problematic because every single person I work with is like myself, the type A people pleaser, good girl. I am right there with you. (laughs) And so our go-to setting is, is basically like, I could be doing more. I'm not doing enough. You know what? Let me fix something about myself to to fix the scenario, right? Our go-to setting is like, it must be me. It must be something I could do. I, um, man, I'm gonna be working on that for the rest of my life. That is a real, it's real annoying. It's a real punch in the gut there. But anyway, okay. So even if there's some truth there, right? Like we could be doing something different or we could be putting ourselves out there more. It's really hard to know where to start. We generally punish ourselves there. We see something like on social media or online, we're like, oh, I should do that. But it like doesn't feel like us at all. And I mean, this is the bigger kicker. We we don't start or we don't create a change because there's a bigger pattern insecurity issue at play. Like there's something bigger that's creating either the pattern in dating or the larger resistance to dating, the thing that has got you like, you know, insert whatever, like I just can't go on dating apps or I just can't swipe or I'm just too terrified to go up to someone or I'm just feeling so lonely and shy, whatever it is. And, you know, we tend to keep our feelings of loneliness and disappointment very deeply hidden, often most of all to ourselves. It's it's an incredibly lonely space to be in. I see it all the time. I have so much compassion for it. I get it. And um, 
usually the women that I work with and I talk to when they're there, there's just an incredible amount of shame. Um, so if you're sitting in that, if you relate to that, I, I see you. I, I really, really see you. And so the intention for today's um, episode and conversation around comfort zones was was to help pull ourselves out of that sludge, that space of I'm not doing enough or I'm doing all the things, but nothing's working. Like just that kind of space of ruminating and swimming in anxiety and swimming in self-guilt and whatever else you want to throw out there just doesn't feel good, right? So instead of trying to answer the question of like, what, what should I be doing, right? Instead, I would invite you to kind of reframe that and consider what part of dating perhaps makes you uncomfortable or what's something you want to experience in dating but are afraid to make happen. And so to help you make sense of this for yourself, to basically walk away from this episode and be like, huh, okay, I see how I could apply some of this to my own life. I want to walk through a variety of examples because stretching our comfort zones. And once I walk through these examples, you're going to understand why I keep talking about comfort zones and why in the face of like dating burnout, dating resistance, feeling like you've done all the things and you're like, good God, I could not do another. Why this is a really helpful space, a really um, specific to you and productive space to consider, to get curious to, that isn't laden with like a lot of like to do's and shoulds, but just like a gentle curiosity. So let me walk through a couple of the examples. And I, I talked a little bit about this on Instagram already. So you may have caught that. And I referenced one of the examples um, from my office hours over the weekend, but I want to go into more of that there. So again, big picture, I'm going to walk you through four different ways, different clients or um, yeah, clients, participants in my programs, folks of mine, what getting outside their comfort zones in the space of dating looked like. So the first example was a woman who's in the big dating nap and she very much fell into the camp of like, I'm not doing enough. I could be doing more. And she, she had such a brilliant point. She was like, well, I, you know, cause I was asking people too, like, what do you want? What do you desire to experience in dating? And she said, well, I often think of like, what's reasonable to want, which is like, oh, I mean, talk about the way women have been conditioned. But she then wanted to say, I really want to meet someone in a yoga class, but I know that's too easy. So I said, that's a great example. Let's play with that a bit. Knowing in the back of my mind that I wanted to get clarity on pushing her up against her edge stretching her comfort zone. Okay. So I said, let's imagine that you're in the yoga class. You've got your mat all set up and there is a guy in the class and granted, you don't know if he's married or he's involved with someone, but you see him and you like him and you're curious. And I said, on a scale of one to 10, if I said, go up to him and ask him if he wants to get a coffee after class, like how scary would that be for you? And she was like, mm, that's a 10. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, totally, totally fair. That makes so much sense. And so then I said, what if you just were to go up to him and compliment him on something like, oh, I like your water bottle. It doesn't even have to be true. And, and she was like, I mean, I would be 
nervous, but I could, it would be a lot less scary than just going up to him. And if I were to go up to him and ask him out, like all of these other insecurities would be ricocheting around in my brain. Like he's probably involved with someone or there's someone else there that's more suitable or more attractive or desirable to him. Right. So even just in asking her how she felt exploring this hypothetical, I'm starting to get so much insight into the deeper stuff, the stuff below the surface, right? The patterns, the insecurities, the limiting beliefs and narratives that are at play here. And while all of that is so important and really helpful to understand, by continuing to push the envelope around what is uncomfortable. So let's play this out a little bit more. Let's say that first class, she's like, okay, I'm just going to compliment him, right? They have an exchange. Boom, simple. She's not asking him out at all. Then let's say she runs into him again at the studio. She sees him again. Maybe she decides to put her mat a little bit closer, right? Again, they're, they're the, the, um, barometer is going to be so different for all of us, much like exercise, right? Where a pull up to someone could be like a walk in the park where someone like me, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have to spend months preparing, (laughs) doing a lot of upper body strengthening exercises in order to achieve that. I actually did work towards doing a pull up, uh, years ago and took me like six months to get there. So It is not about doing something in a preconceived way or a plan someone has put forth. This is why when we read an article that are like, here are like seven things to say to someone in a yoga class that like, you know, if you're interested in going on a date with them, just if that is so radically outside your comfort zone, you're like, I'm not going to fucking do that. You're not going to find something on that list that's going to mitigate all those feelings that you're having. So instead, these incremental steps and stages are what create more of that, like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. Then when it comes back to, you know, actually trying in dating or putting yourself out there, you're taking literal actions that are moving you closer to the thing, but really creating like a deeper, um, a deeper bravery and a, and a greater sense of agency when it comes to doing these things, not to mention that actions of this kind are like a multivitamin in the sense that they like hit on the, you know, self-worth, deservingness of love, ability to receive. Like I've talked about this kind of tirelessly on the podcast, but when, when we are in these positions of like, well, how do I increase you know, my love for myself or my belief in my worthiness for love or that I'm beautiful or desirable. Like we can't think our way there to those things. But if we take actions, if we shift our behaviors that align with the thing that we are, that we desire, if we take specific actions that butt up against our comfort zone that are in alignment with the thing that we desire, that's actually doing the work of doing, you know, increasing your capacity to receive, increasing your ability to feel that you're deserving of love, um, increasing your ability to put yourself out there because much like you know, with each workout, with, with each month or week that went by when I was preparing for this, I was getting stronger and stronger and stronger 
and stronger. And I find that a guiding light of like, what's my edge? What's going to make me slightly uncomfortable? What puts me slightly outside of my comfort zone? Okay, I did that thing. And now I'm going to do that thing. And now I'm going to do that thing is a very direct path, but then it's specific to each of us. So I want to hop to another example. Kind of went down a rabbit hole with that one because I'm really trying to explain the concept of this to you all. But I think as I go through more of them, it'll start to gel for you, but you'll also get clear on what your comfort zones are. So a big, um, well, outside the comfort zone that I come up against with clients is being the first to message on an app. So they'll like someone, but they don't want to be the one to outwardly message or lead the conversation. And maybe that's because, um, you know, reflecting that desire or that longing is really vulnerable. Um, they feel like the guy has to be the first one to write them. Uh, there is a disconnect from like the ownership of their power around like, I want to meet someone. I want to co-create a life with someone. There can be a whole host of reasons. That's a really common one. And so this one's almost a little more literal in that sense. And when I work with people, what I will have them do, and I am handholding them through this. I've had some folks where they're like, Ooh, I'm a little scared. Okay, fine. I'm going to hit send. And other folks where we spent the better part of an hour talking through what's coming up, what fears exist there, what they are assuming. I remember years ago having a client who she was resistant to the apps overall. And after, you know, period of like working together for a bit, what shook out was that what she was most worried about was swiping on someone, meeting them, and then dating them for a while. And then six months down the road, deciding they weren't right for her and breaking up with them. She was so preemptively afraid of hurting the other person she could say is rooted in codependency, that it was manifesting that way, right? And so even just the act of pushing her to take initiative then revealed something deeper there that gave us some green lights around what, like green lights around what we needed to work on essentially. So you can see how like the act of doing these things reveals so much else. And, and you can do that for yourself personally. That's why if you like make space for, you know, when, when the woman in the class said, I want to meet someone in yoga, and then we dug a little bit deeper, there was a lot there probably around like, well, I don't think I'm as pretty as either of the girls, or I don't believe I'm pretty at all, or other people look like this, and they're the ones that meet guys in yoga, but that's not me kind of thing, right? So it points to, directs you to the deeper insecurities that are really what's being called to, to work on, to tend to. Okay. A couple other examples. So this is a stepping outside the comfort zone that was in the midst of the dating process. A few weeks ago, I had a client who, um, was ghosted and, um, she'd gone out with the guy and they both said they had a great time and exchanged numbers. And, uh, she never heard from him. He had said, you know, here's my number reach out. I would love to see you again. Very clear on all of that. And then uh, she did. And he she never heard from him, which is so fucking maddening. So maddening. And I was really encouraging her to send a message that wasn't childish or na- nasty, but essentially was advocating for herself saying like, hey, this wasn't okay. This wasn't okay. And 
the that in and of itself was her stepping outside of her comfort zone. And so this can happen at any point in the process. This can happen at any point within the dating timeline, right? These actions that cause you to speak up or advocate for yourself or take up space or express that your needs matter. It's not always a like, hey, I like you. That's the source of the vulnerability or, hey, I'd like to get to know you. That's the source of the vulnerability. It could be, this wasn't okay with me. You really hurt me in some sense. I even experienced that um, in my, my life in general, but in my own relationship, it's new for me to continue to speak up and be like, I wasn't okay with this, or this isn't working for me. And the final example I want to share is, uh, and this falls more in the camp of folks who identify with like, I'm doing all the things, I'm on the apps, I'm going to the events, I'm asking for setups, like nothing's working. What gives? And oftentimes, and, and this client in particular was was doing all of that. It was like, she was operating on all cylinders. <laughs> is that the phrase? Going on all cylinders? I don't know. You, you all get what I'm saying. And her comfort zone was, or stepping outside her comfort zone looked like slowing down and doing more of the internal work, looking to family history, looking to past relationship patterns. Um, I get this often. I, I see this with women where they're like, no, just give me a plan to get out of this situationship or let go of this person or whatever it may be. And instead I'm like, I hear you. I can give you a plan, but you're not going to stick to that plan if it's not birthed from a place of what got you there in the first place and really understanding that part of yourself, which is again, why when we read these things online or we try to follow a plan or someone's like, well, just here are like the seven things you can do to tweak your profile and we do it. It doesn't, it's not coming from us. Okay. Water break. Comfort zones also exist outside of dating. And with that, stepping outside our comfort zones. And the reason I wanted to highlight this as well is because if you, and I, I so hesitate with this type of language, but if you're like, I am really committed to meeting someone, I want to meet someone. If you want to parallel path these two, so in one track, you're consistently stepping outside of your comfort zone in dating and um, exhibiting behavior that butts up against what you would normally do, what you're accustomed to doing and what feels more vulnerable and intimidating. And then you also want to do that outside of your dating life. And I'll give you some examples of what that looks like. I promise you, like that will pay major dividends both in the realm of your dating life and outside of that. And so, you know, these are going to sound pretty standard to you. You're going to be like, oh yeah, 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 I've heard that. There's a difference between hearing and actually acting upon it. So, you know, it's a lot in boundary setting. It's a lot in expressing yourself authentically, but let me break those down in a few examples. So, you know, saying no, it's a big one. If somebody, whether it's a friend or a colleague suggests a time to me, says, hey, can I do a, can we do a meeting on Zoom at, you know, five o'clock in the evening on Thursday, and you know that you want to go to that 5.30 yoga class, and you know that that person always runs over, and the 
you, you know, the, the behavior you're comfortable with is just to say yes, because you're afraid of what that will, will that person will think of you if, um, if you state a preference, if you say no, if you're not always on and always available, that is a phenomenal way to step outside your comfort zone. Uh, stating a preference. It's kind of the same thing as I did before, but like essentially saying, mm, no, it works better for me to connect on Friday at 10 a.m. Or if a friend is like, can we go see this movie? You're like, you know, I've really been wanting to see this other movie. Or actually, I would really rather go to the res- this restaurant for din- dinner. Anywhere that you can state a preference, anywhere in in the past you used to be more accommodating or you would just acquiesce to what everybody else wanted. Asking for help, that's a that's a big one. Um, I'm trying to think of some recent examples of how I've asked for help because y'all, I have to work on this stuff all the time. I would say a big one for me is just I can overcommit. I can overcommit, and um, so I've been really mindful of my scheduling and not scheduling too many things. Been mindful of yeah, not agreeing to social activities or events where I I just feel really obligated to say yes. Yes, I don't know why I put a T on the end of that, um, but I don't want to. It's too burdensome, and uh, that's a that's a big one for me. So saying no, stating preference, asking for help. As you were listening to the examples in dating, if that piqued certain things for you or made you think of certain things, like take the time, jot that down, and then see how might that apply to my own dating life. So if you find yourself stuck in that constant mental loop of, I'm not doing enough, I just can't bring myself to date, I know I should be doing more, I know I should be putting myself out there, and you tend to consistently hover in the space of just like suppressing all that comes along with that, which is so normal. I have so much compassion for. I'm never the person to sit there. Like anytime somebody says to me, I know I should be doing more, and it's just, it just is dripping with shame. I never lead with, well, yeah, here are all the things you could be doing. It's instead like, let me intimately understand what what's making you feel this way, what's driving that resistance. Um, and so with that, you know, considering what's something about dating that puts me outside my comfort zone, and that can look so different. It will look so different. And then just build from there. All right, y'all. Have a beautiful week. I will see you back here soon.